Buenos dias, mi gente. It is July 31st, 2020, and welcome back to another episode of Café con Leche Time with your hosts, Jacqueline Alvarado y Jacob Ibarra. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our second episode of the week. We saw a lot of important things go down these past few days, a lot of alarming things, but also some positives sprinkled right on top. So without further ado, let's begin. I want to start talking about someone who was very iconic to social justice, especially within legislation. So as we've been hearing about the last couple of weeks um, about John Lewis, he passed away um, a, few, a couple of weeks ago from battling with pancreatic cancer. Um, I want to explain how important he was to civil rights and social justice in general. John Lewis was a congress congressman for Georgia's 5th District. He has a history of being really a passionate and compassionate also social justice activist. Um, he, was, he was a huge um, activist during the civil rights movement, especially with Martin Luther King. He was at a young age, really at the age of really at, at 17, actually. I've been reading that he's been really involved in fighting for civil, for civil rights. And he has been doing ever since, like I said, at a young age. And so this loss is, 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 really, is really significant and, and really sad at the same time because he was definitely someone that's been fighting for, this, for civil rights ever since he was like as, as, a young, as a young teen. So he has left a huge impact on everyone that he's, he has met and everyone who has had the privilege to work with him. Um, this definitely is a huge, um, he's a huge loss for America, but definitely he has left a significant impact and has told us as future, as future social justice act- activists to really fight for, for quality, uh, for equality and equity. And, um, a quote that really he's been famous for is, to really get out there and push, stand up and speak out and get in the way the same way that that my generation got in the way. Get in trouble. Good trouble. Necessary trouble. Yeah, those are, that's a very beautiful quote. And may John Lewis rest in power because as we saw a lot of people speak at his viewing, he, he meant the world to so many people. He, like you said, he's an icon in the civil rights movement. And at 17, that's you're a kid. Yeah. You're you're in high school still. And he's already out there marching with Dr. King for civil rights. Yeah, he marched with Dr. King and really, really worked with the community community development and really tried to organize at such a young age to do community organizations to fight for protesting. And his actions definitely make you make you reflect of how much passion he had then had and continues and continued to have that passion in congress as well he had a strong voice and many representatives had that privilege and honor to work with him and he never stopped fighting until even his last days like especially within these last last month the last couple months with the pandemic and police brutality he's been a huge advocate for for um social justice and he he continued to be part of protests too, like in the last month or so with George Floyd and all everything that's been going on. He has shown to the community that he continues to fight and he now left 
and it left a legacy, and now it's really our job to continue that legacy he's left. Yeah, he left an amazing legacy, and again, for people to like understand the significance that in the civil rights era, when he's a teenager, they're fighting, just fighting for the right to vote, and now that he passed away, that a lot of you know, the black community is again fighting for their rights to vote. Mm-hmm. So he he fought really hard for something that people don't think about or very it's something that people consider it's kind of very simple or taken for granted a lot of times as we've seen in other elections and even for like not even just presidential elections like just local elections as well but you know there are some people out there who know that that is worth fighting for and he was fighting for that since his days as a kid till the day he mm-hmm. died it's yes good for the nation that it came so far in finally recognizing people of color and giving them the right to vote, but the fact that he still had to keep fighting for that. Yeah, guess, yeah he didn't that, settle for what he was able to accomplish back then. Like he worked, has been continuing to establish steps to really try to change things. He's, he understood from times then, like times evolve and change. So he definitely did not just pause and say, oh, I fixed this. Like he continued to establish steps for further change and really challenge legislation. Like he was definitely a challenger, an aspect of really trying to really stand out with his voice and really using his like his his experience, personal experiences, and really trying to influence really Congress to really recognize these injustices. And he he represented his district and and as an as you know a representative of his community. A much larger community, mm-hmm. a lot of dignity, a lot of respect, honor, but also just that resilience, that fight to to continue to fight for a better America that it's supposed to be promised for its citizens. Mm-hmm. Like you don't give up on that fight for one second just because just because you you get a crumb that doesn't mean you stop. So you know, may he rest in paradise, like I said earlier, and um, you know his viewing was. Yesterday, right? I believe. Yes, yesterday. It was. It was yesterday, and it, it was very moving to see like what you know his family and you know people who he's worked with in 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 DC, and it was very touching to hear what they had to say about him. Like, you know, it was it was even though it was, it's a it's a sad day. He's not here with us, but it was it was just incredibly touching to see that you know they they had such wonderful stories to share. Even each had a different personal story, whether it could be about the same thing or not. It was. It's nice though that how mm-hmm. like how like that personal connect relationship he had with so many. Yeah, he was able to really say his last goodbye within the last couple of days, honestly, because the past weekend he was able his casket was driven on the bridge that he marched with Dr. King and he was able to really the community within this district and and the the community he represented, he they were able to say like a final goodbye really and and also within this week, they within Washington too. Um, a couple of days ago, representatives were able to say their last goodbye to John Lewis in the Capitol, and they had his casket there. And each one was able to really, like like as you mentioned, really had good words to really express and really show gratitude towards him. And um, but yeah, his his the impact of just seeing like the impact of from his local community, especially and also Congress. Like it's, it's been a whole like nation um, gratitude shown towards him. Yeah. And actually also what also made it 
kind of a major thing was that the biggest headline to come out of his viewing, you know, President, former President Barack Obama made, uh, made an appearance and he, he spoke a few words at his at John Lewis's viewing and some very, very again, very nice statements, very, very touching to hear like the personal relationship uh, President Obama got to have with, with John Lewis. And again, brought up the fact that he what he was fighting for his whole life, which also kind of happened to be a nice segue mm-hmm. into, you know, what John Lewis was fighting for is something that we still have to fight for, mm-hmm. especially under this current administration. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, very nice, you know, transition to then call out the current administration mm-hmm. and it wasn't subtle anymore. Like you know, before in the past, the, the pre- president Obama, the former president of, of the nation, uh, trying to make it like kind of subtle where he, he's not trying to be disrespectful or to, according to conservatives, even though he apparently he does everything wrong. But he, he's, he's trying before he would not try to, to call out the president and say he's doing a horrible job. I think before he tried to make it seem like he's calling him out, like you could – you could say better things. You could address the nation better with your words. Now it's like, no, what you're doing is wrong. Enough is enough. Yes. And so, you know, people saw that part of the, of John Lewis's viewing. Everybody seemed cheer, cheer on right there and praise Barack. I mean, he did say he wasn't lying. So, so it's, it's just another reminder that the, the United States of America still has a long way to go mm-hmm. to, to basically mean, mean the words that they, that they say, just equality and justice for all. Like it's an, In theory, that's, that's what it is, but we still have many steps, many steps to get to, the act, to actually for that saying to actually mean equality and justice for all. Yeah. Um, definitely rest in peace to John Lewis. He, um, the Barack, President, former President Barack Obama's speech was definitely, um, like I saw some of it, I was able to read, was able to read some, like the follow, like the follow up of it, but definitely he, his speech was definitely a huge, um, um, moment as well. Like he was able to, like you said, he was able to, um, really recognize the legacy that John Lewis left, but also was able to express the threat that the, the current administration is and that we must continue to really fight for justice. So definitely um, that was really touching because um, John Lewis was awarded um, the, I think it was the free, was, it was, some, it was a, it was the highest award for like a, for, um, the... For being in public, for being like a, achieving, for being a high achieving public servant. So the fact that that's really touching the fact that Obama, President Barack Obama was able to give him that award. I'm pretty sure it was like the Freedom. Um, the President, the Medal of Freedom? Medal of Freedom. There we go. Um, and the fact that Barack Obama was able to give that speech was definitely touching because the fact that he was able to give, to present that award to John Lewis during the time, during his um presidential term was definitely something significant so yeah yeah so there was a it was a bittersweet moment bittersweet viewing you know mm-hmm. where while we're still mourning a loss and 
you know, our you know, hearts are still broken, but it took it was a nice time to you know come together and appreciate John Lewis's legacy. Yeah, so may he rest in paradise. But uh, there was another. It wasn't a viewing, but it was. There was a hearing this week with the Judiciary Committee, and uh, the person getting grilled, Attorney General Bill Barr. Yeah, that that guy again having to appear before another committee, answering for his decision making, again. And you know, it's it's always a tale of two type two types of questions. It's you know. On the Democratic side, the hard questions like what? Pretty much like we want, we want the give me the straightforward answers of your, let's put it nicely, the controversial decisions you make, and then we have the Republicans, doing a different type of questioning. Very softball questions, just pretty much let's, pretty the questions basically like. Do you think the Democrats are out to get you? Yes or no? Do you like doing your job? Yes or no? Do you wish you were here? Yes or no? Kind of those kind of questions. And do you think they're biased against you? Okay. Like, all right. Thank, thanks for, thanks for you know, and this big time hearing in front of, in front of, you know, public servants that we have to know so to make these rent these softball questions but that's not what we're here for today so you know bill barr had to appear before the judiciary committee you know on different decisions so yeah there are different topics that came up like he had an answer for why there are federal troops being sent into into certain cities how come there are protesters getting kidnapped and unmarked vans why is it that the country and now certain cities that have a, a good population of people of color and apparently it happen to be run by democratic mayors or have democratic leadership, why is it that their cities look a little more like authoritarianism? So he, but he had, we really had no answers for that. And then he, you know, some people were asking about why is it, so is voter fraud with mail-in ballots an actual threat? And then of course he has like, he's, he's saying, I didn't say that. But it could be a threat. And like, great, good. It, it's, yeah, it could be. But guess who also, you know, sent their mail-in mail in votes? Everyone in the administration. And here we have the president saying, no mail-in ballots. It's going to lead to voter fraud. And then it's going to, I'm going to, like, I'm going to lose because of voter fraud. And it's corrupt. Yeah, you and everybody on your team did that these past few years so yikes hypocrite and then of course you know the i forget do you i don't know if you remember which representative asked him about how come the federal troops were sent for these peaceful protesters but nothing was done with when there were white supremacists who showed up with their machine guns and swastikas it's like ooh, that was good to see him sweat on national tv so you know so Jack, do you think he's a good attorney general? <laughs> um, obviously, he can't really answer really any questions, so it really questions the his his position and his authority. Really, um, like like the questions that the Republican like party like came up with was like even interviews that you have for job applications are better worded and better. Asked, they're hard. They're harder, like than the fact than this hearing like 
Like, it really makes you think of, like, they're just trying to really protect themselves. And it's, like, literally, literally trying to ask this type of questions literally is a waste of time. Like, that's... And, like, to me, like, the Republican Party always seems that the Democrats, you know, ask, like, those, like, controversial, hard questions. But it's really, like, straightforward questions of, like, really yes or no, that this why why is this happening? Like, why... Why are you allowing for this to happen? And like in many cases, they're yes or no questions. Like they're straightforward. Like there's, you know, like it's it goes. It's not that it's hard. It's it shouldn't be a hard answer for you to like to answer question to you for you to answer. But you just don't want to give the real answer. Like the truth is invisible, really, for the Republican Party, really, in general. Like it's. Like we've seen this, it's really we've seen this in every single hearing. Really, it's like the Republican Party does not does not want to just doesn't want to answer and just really like plays games during these hearings, and it's like disrespectful because the fact that they have to in the House of Representatives, especially within these committees, like you have representatives on both sides and you're trying to really establish something and try to find answers, and the fact that they wait that that. They're ch- the answers are not being answered, like, and questions are being asked, like, you know, vague, vaguely, like, it's, it's ridiculous, like, that's just, like, a waste of time, especially being part of a, a federal, go- being in a position of, of federal government that's really, like, res- highly respected in a way, like, you're supposed to really do your, do your position and job and really be respectful and answer those questions, you know? Yeah, and just like really like even if you're trying to trick us that you're not trying to give them a pass really yeah. you couldn't you, you couldn't come up with harder questions yeah it's like and, it's like it's not a joke this is like are you trying to make this like a joke or something like this is something that people like this this committee is literally discusses difficult these type of difficult issues to really to really like really find answers like it's it's ridiculous that always like the questions the Republican Party really asks is just like why like why are we doing this in the first place like yes why yes but, which is kind of weird because like it's, it's it's also funny when a Republican who wants to use his time for questioning yeah they, they started with half of their time is always like attacking the last Democratic representative who used their time and it's somehow always like. And also regarding to what the Democrat said with his political bias, like, yes, it's- you only only bias pertains to him and not you, who all who no matter what is team Trump. That's not a bias at all. Right. Yeah. When it comes to like these hearings, like it's really the main focus is to really in ask the questions to the person that's being being heard like this is like this is a, a hearing really to really ask questions to the person that you're like you want to ask to um and it's like yeah it always frustrates me how like they always try to like make it like it's it's not really a debate the way the structure of these committees are it's like you can have you can be you can debate with the respective party but uh, opposite party but it's not we're not so much debating here it's like we're trying to really get the answers like it's that's why they call it really a hearing like a hearing to really hear what happened hear what the answers of the questions being asked like if we want to debate like that's a totally different 
aspect that you can do that in your own time or like develop another other meaning to debate but like it's always like frustrating you know yeah it's this these so-called debates then just turn into attacks yeah and, it's like and i'm we're not we're not saying the democrats are perfect and of course the democrats are not perfect no like but... democrat the democratic party is it's a huge tent like um it's the Democrat Party is not perfect. I mean, like AOC in the like in the last interview she had, like a last interview she had with um in Patriot with Hassan and Had, she explained that the Democrat Party is not perfect. You have your moderates, you have your progressives, and you have really like two different spectrums of in the Democrat Party. Like it's not it's not perfect. It's like a huge tent because there are many people that believe in certain things and they don't not agree with another with another with other issues. Like it's a whole it's a whole spectrum of it. Like they're on the same team, but you yeah. know they just just kind of you know different different ideas of how to like how the team should be. Yeah, and it's and they like they ask questions. They they're not all perfect, but they they really like think about things and ask questions that are gonna be beneficial to what they're trying to get to. Like you know we're trying to get to in general because like when these communities are like these communities in Congress, they're built up from both sides. But at the end of the day, they're trying to find something, like, compromise to really establish something. So it's like, you shouldn't, like, you should be not attacking each other, but being able to challenge each other's ideas and, and ideologies and trying to come up with something. But, like, it shouldn't be focused so much on debating, like, and then not have the person you're, you're asking the question speak. Like, it, it becomes so much of them debating so much, and they're not able to answer all the questions necessary. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's like that's that needs to stop. Like it's it's a hearing. You're trying to hear what what's the answers, you know. But it's definitely something that they need to like. Yeah. The Republican Party needs to like stop making so much like a debate time. Yeah, definitely. Also, but one last thing that about Bill Barr and his wonderful hearing. Um, I, I forget which uh, representative decided to ask him if if he as Attorney General of the United States if that he should know. You know, because the president has said that they should, uh, the election should be moved, should be delayed, for a better term, should be delayed because of the potential threat of mail-in ballots under this pandemic, which, to for a very, for a good percentage, is you know the administration's you know fault that we're under this pandemic currently like this. But the fact that you know, asked them, the, I forget which again, I forget which representative it was, mm-hmm. but he asked. You know, straight up, Bill, to Bill Barr, can the president uh, delay the the general the presidential election? Yes or no? And of course, Bill Barr doesn't know the answer, but I think everybody up there knew the answer. Like, no, <laughs> president cannot delay a presidential election. He does not have the the power and the author- or the authority to do that. Be- why? Because it's in the Constitution. Yeah, it's stated in the Constitution, which everyone likes to refer to, especially in Congress. Yeah. yeah. The Republicans, you know, you got to go by the Constitution. Well, what's in the Constitution? That The House has has to decide has that. to vote on it. Yeah, the, yes, the House decides that first, and then, you know, just like any other thing, then goes to the higher-ups, and then we, it can happen. Then, but, yeah. uh, but that's not going to happen? No? And and the country before has been in many other crises before, and um, elections still happen when they're supposed to happen. That's, uh, do you remember, I can't remember the actual dates in November right now. 
but yeah, that, uh, everybody still votes in November. We they voted in November during the Civil War. They voted in November during the World Wars. They voted in November during the Great Depression, the Great Recession. I remember looking looking back at old, um, you know, some documentaries when John McCain wanted to postpone the presidential debates with um, with uh, Barack Obama because of the recession, and you know, Barack Obama, Barack Obama, you know, saying like, "Hey, like, yes, we're going through a recession right now. We got to focus on that. But as president, we got to we're gonna have to be able to." handle multiple things at once to know we can't postpone these debates good answer then so again you're not, not going to postpone president presidential debates there's no reason also postpone presidential elections yeah the fact that like that trump like really wants to like post like postpone it is ridiculous like it's not it's like the fact that you like you as we've seen like you can't handle anything within the last four years. He hasn't able, been able to handle anything. He just he's really like a child throwing, like having tantrums and not knowing that's putting, what to do. Oh, that, that's, that's putting it nicely. And that's putting it nicely. I mean, like, like he, him like really just coming up with things because he he like he doesn't understand what the whole like the whole role of a president is like he just believes like oh i'm gonna say something and because i'm gonna say it because i'm president that's basically his mentality but it's like it doesn't work that way especially since he refers to the constitution sometimes in his speeches like it's like ridiculous the fact that he's just like yeah i'm gonna do this but like no it's not it's not at all it works and you've been in this role for four years like you should have at least at least. Still blaming, still blaming the Obama administration, yeah. mind you. And it's like you, I'm like if you're you can, like the fact that he keeps blaming the Obama administration for everything. It's like you had four years, buddy, to to do. If you, why are you still complaining? Like, like everything's that, going downhill because of you. That energy of complaining could have gone into working, not exactly. Or the energy into golf could have gone into working. I bet he probably even hasn't perfected his golf skills either. Well, well obviously not. <laughs> like golf requires patience. Do you think he has patience? No. But, exactly, but but we're not here to talk about his golf game. <laughs> but speaking of game, you know this. You know, like I said earlier, we got some positives sprinkled on top of some of this controversial news. Sports are back. Like both. Like. Like you know, basketball came back yesterday. Baseball has been back for a, for about a week, and yeah, you know, for all those sports fans out there, woo! So, but um, you know, we also, as they say, you got to take the good with the bad. Baseball, you guys. All right, well, let's first start with the NBA. The NBA is back, hooray! Finally, because you know, I want to see my Lakers be crowned champions, <laughs> but. You know, the NBA doing what as doing what they can to quarantine the players as much as possible in in a controlled setting for to finish the season and then have the the postseason, you know, be in a bubble at the Disney Resort in Orlando. That's great. You know, they're doing the best job they can. You know, a handful of players tested positive for COVID, so they quarantine them in their hotel room for four days. You know, they have they make sure that every player gets fed. You know they can still practice, and and if they ever have to leave, if they ever leave the bubble, they got to come back and they got to quarantine themselves. You know, the NBA is not, you know it's not perfect, but they're doing just they're basically doing what you can ask them to do, and it's a good job. Baseball, on the other hand, 
their quarantine protocols were, all right, we're playing with no fans. Have at it. And as a result of basically no quarantine protocols except trying not to touch each other as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I think the Miami Marlins are down a team. I think yeah. uh, the, the Miami Marlins are going to have to start out having uh, open tryouts to see if anybody wants to be a professional baseball player all of a sudden. So yeah, if go, – sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, the, the fact that their protocols is like, okay, we're not going to have any fans. We're not going to have an audience, like, in, like, the stadium. But you have at it. It's like telling, like, and not touch your – not, like, you know, trying to, like, you know, limit your contact with people and social distance. You know, like, the basic, like, you know, protocols that you tell everyone in, like, in general. That's yeah. just, like, telling, like, kindergartners to, like, not – to keep their hands to themselves. Like, that's literally telling, like, kids in school, like, don't – keep your hands to yourself like but like have at it <laughs> like that's yeah, reminding like... me literally of like school of like teachers telling the kids like keep your hands to yourself and try to behave like <laughs> like what <laughs> so so the season is also different not to, not just because there's only 60 games going to be played in baseball but pretty much this is how it's going to go the teams that are from texas and to the west they will play each other now, any team that's to the right of Texas, they will play each other. So instead of having those, instead of having like the two, like the American League and the National League, and then the three divisions, the American League and the National League from from Texas into the West are going to play each other, and then, like I said, Texas to the from to the right are going to play each other. Well, actually, just any team not from Texas into the right are going to play each other. So that's okay. Like that's, I that's all right, I guess. Not too bad, but then when you find out that really they just go to the stadium, you know, go to, you know, batting practice and whatever, like whatever practice that they got to have before the game and play the game and then just go back home. Like, I mean, you're still going to come into contact with other people. I don't know if they, I don't even think they have protocols for social distancing um, in the dugouts. You're going to come into contact with the umpire or, or the other team, whether it's you get on base or you're just going up to bat, you got to contact with, you know, touching the ball. So, And fifth, now it's, you know, confirmed that 15 players and I think two or three coaches, I think it was three coaches from the Miami Marlins tested positive for COVID. Oh, my goodness. 15 people. You only need nine on the field. Yeah, that's, that's really problematic. That's a team in a bench. I mean, of course they gotta have they have thirty players on the roster, but still. That's half and then a I think Yeah, that's half a team. And <laughs> then and then I think today, um, or yesterday, it was reported that some of the players from the Phillies tested positive for COVID. Either players or coaching staff, but I know the Phillies have had positive tests now. So I think they're the second team that has COVID cases during the season and the season is barely a week old. Yeah, it's it's like the fact that they like split it up how they're how the teams are gonna play each other, it's it's still like problematic because the fact that like for example the Nationals we're gonna we're gonna be in Miami like and still play the Marlins, like the fact that like geographically it's like 
Florida is huge on on COVID nineteen cases, and like DC is, tr- is still trying to battle battle it. Really, like they're doing okay. I mean, there's been a rise in there's been a rise too in COVID cases, but like the players from not so much red zones states of COVID nineteen, and then you're asking them to, to to play teams that are hard hit in COVID cases. Like that's just like what. Like, that doesn't, just because you split them geographically of, like, oh, this, they're not going to get, like, the hope is that they're not going to get, you know, infected. But, like, the fact that you asking teams from, like, different different states and different stages of their states of COVID-19, like, that's just problematic. Without having actual protocol, like, yes, we get it. Like, you can, you know, like, the, if you're, you're the home team, go back home and away team, go back to the hotel. But, yeah, Oriana, like, actually, no, I, but like no the fact bubble. that. Right, like, but you know that, but you're just asking them to play as if, outside of the, these actual baseball playing conditions, outside of them actually being on the field, you're asking the players to just, can like conduct themselves normally, when these are not normal circumstances at all. No, like it's not. It's like literally, they're literally, it's they're they're the way that they're really doing these so-called quote-unquote protocols is really, it's like, okay, like, they're, they're going to travel, like, it's nothing, like, it's, it doesn't exist. Like, they're just going normally on their normal lives. Like, teams traveling to the state to, like, you know, play, it's, like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's not, that's not how it works. Like, you, like, you're expecting these teams to travel under these conditions and, like, like and then go back home. Like, it's kind of, it's really, it's, it's frustrating and ridiculous. Like, it's, it's yeah. It's, remember, it's it's the fact that you're coming into contact with other people. Yeah, that's that's what you have to worry about, and not even necessarily about the players on the field just coming into contact with each other, but just like once they leave the stadiums or even going to you know talking to reporters and and leaving the stadium, you know, trick going back home, like you're all of this because you you do, you do, you have you still just the virus can just pop up. Whether you're interacting with somebody, you know, at home in your neighborhood, you you have you know you, got, you still have to do things because you're still a human being. Yeah. It's, or it's... turn or some someone from yeah the outside world just comes into contact with you unknowingly has COVID, like you just you can't just conduct. You're like you're having a normal life, and then expect to play quarantined baseball, like, but like. Like, all right, now we're going to control COVID. Well, I mean, are they the spread of COVID? Well, I mean, you, yeah, for this little moment, but after that, no, you, you're not. Like, I get it. Not, not everybody can really be like the NBA. But that's where, like, you know, that's the NBA deserves, you know, a lot of credit for, you know, how they're running right now. Like, that's the fact that everybody can just be in a bubble, Ted, you know, a lot of testing and, you know, so ne- negative cases, and you, you're making sure the players quarantine. That's good, and just unfortunately, like baseball has the bare minimum, and even at the bare minimum, they're not doing very well. Yeah, like, they're they're like to global standards of sports coming back and COVID cases. Baseball is doing the worst. Baseball is doing the worst, and I know we've heard some stories about you know um, uh, European clubs where they have a, a coach or a few players test positive. They haven't had almost the entire roster test positive. Yeah, it's it's like you know, like in soccer and like for example, like you mentioned European, like it's they only have like a couple people on the team, but like they automatically know what to do, like they quarantine them. But the fact that the half the team, <laughs> right, I mean Marlins are infected, I like it's just 
I know it's like not a funny matter, but like it's just like when I read that, I was just like, "What?" And they, no, that happened last Saturday. Like literally within less than a week. Like you know, it's the fact that they're like half the team was just like I started laughing. The fact like I started laughing because I was just like amazed of like how like half a team. Not because I feel bad for them. Not, not it's not it's not a funny matter, but it was funny to me to like. Like I was like, no way! Like half the team, like like, no, was, like like that shocking laugh. Yeah, that shocking laugh. Like it was because at first they were just like, okay, like it, like the numbers were insane because it was just like, okay, like six people. I was like, okay, like that's that's okay, it's not bad. But then they, all of a sudden they're like ten people, and I was like, and then they were just like twelve. I was like, that's like a dozen people. And then I was like, wait, fifteen? <laughs> like guys, stop, stop, you know, stop hugging. <laughs> Stop giving, stop, stop doing those, you know, like awesome high fives, those awesome handshakes right now. And not the it, time. Yeah, it kind of reminded me, like you know that thing in middle school, like the cheese touch. How like, <laughs> like diary with the kid. Diary with the kid. Yes, it reminded me, like literally, because it was like five people. They're like, okay, five baseball. My Marlins players are infected. I'm like, okay, and then all of a sudden it went to like ten. I'm like, how many people? Like literally, t- it's like a cheese touch. Where like it's like started with five people, and then all of a sudden everyone has a cheese touch. It reminded me of that. That was like a silly like thing. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, ba- baseball and like, then of course they have to postpone the games for the Miami Marlins and whoever has to face the Miami Marlins, whoever yeah. whoever just faced the Miami Marlins. I think it was the Orioles. I don't remember who was just I faced think the it Miami was the Marlins. Orioles, but I know the Nationals were trying, or some, many players were not like at all like like they weren't they weren't comfortable going to my like playing the Miami Marlins. Like many of them, I would totally understand. Like the Nationals were just like very concerned. They're like, I didn't like, I do not like, I don't feel comfortable. I do not want to play them because like, um, because the Nationals had um Juan Soto actually being um tested positive. So like they were they already right, were he cons- tested positive. Right, he tested positive the opening day. Yeah, like so the the fact that they were pretty alarmed of that aspect and the fact that they're gonna they were they were gonna go they were gonna go to the to play the Miami Marlins, they were just like many players are like, No, I'm not they're like I like not like they didn't wanna risk it and like good thing that they can't like, you know, postpone like cancel the games and like stuff like that because like they were like many players like were like no like no like that's they're like is it really worth it like <laughs> and, not, and also now the question comes up what so now what happens when there's breakouts in multiple teams like now when we what happens when you find out that a team has six cases another team has five another team has eight another team has ten so if we get to more than three four teams with like a, more than a handful of cases does that mean that the, sh- the season has to shut down. Yeah, or they do open or, tryouts, or, <laughs> or or you know like like Freddie Mercury says the show must go on. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be interesting to see how they really like that's how they're gonna really do the next steps because that's just I think of this like personally for me like I would like it might as well just cancel the season I think because I mean like it's gonna come like I don't know like it's it's really hard to say you know like it's like I like the fact that they only have like really like a Last, how many weeks have they been back? Like a week, one week. Baseball's been back one the week. Fact, the fact that they only been back for a week and so many, and this has so many these like so many like cases have been like developing. That's like that's just like a warning. Like, why would you want to continue this? Like, it's you know, like either you really like suspend it, like I guess like not cancel it completely, but like I guess reevaluate like things quickly. But at the same time, it needs to be. 
like you, you can't develop you have to think efficiently in like time like it's literally a time ticking clock like you have they have to like figure something out soon because it's like if they don't then it's definitely going to cause for a cancellation like it's yeah i mean i mean you can't you can't play baseball like you know you're just under normal circumstances or circumstances in life you know like like uh one of my favorite um Reporters, uh, media members out there, Luke Thomas, what do what he say on his radio show? Like, you can have more COVID or you can have normal, but you can't have both. Literally, you can't have both. Like, it's, it's, like, it's just, it's really sad that the, like, baseball's, like, really not at all, like, doing well with this. Like, it's, like, they had time to, like, kind of figure it out, but at the same time, like, I don't know what they thought about. Like, you know, I don't know what the what their mind was thinking of, well, you know. From, well, from what I know, I know that the reason why they didn't just go to, all to like, a bubble area is because I think the players, the player union, really, um, they negotiated that, you no, know, like, the players were not comfortable being away from their families for months. Yeah. Um, definitely that's like that's, but, that's, that's, but that's like, reasonable, but like at the same time, it's like But also know. at the same time but also at the same time the risk of you getting COVID and maybe passing it on to mm-hmm. you know your your home that increases mm-hmm. because of the interactions you're gonna have with other people constantly and then you're going back home. Yeah, it's it's like Okay, like you understand, like being away from family is hard, but at the same time, yeah, you going back home, like you're not know you're you don't know if you're a carrier or not unless you get tested. Like, so like it's like the bubble is does seem like overwhelming and does seem like depressing at the same same time because you're literally stuck with the players, like you're no one else really there for you. But like at the same time, it's like would you rather stay in a bubble and like not risk the fact that you're gonna can't like you know infect your family? Like that's. Yeah, it's I mean, like a lot of factors to think about, but at the same time, you have to like think, you know. Yeah, it's they, difficult. They, they, there should there should have been a lot more of a, a planning going into this instead mm-hmm. of just finding out that half half of a team they're not a good team anyways, but half of a team yeah. <laughs> like COVID, like oh man, they're the my the Miami COVIDs. Miami COVID. <laughs> that should be my team name now. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's that's based on basketball and back and good good. They're doing good, uh, the best job possible, really, of mm-hmm. keeping the the COVID cases to a minimum. And I don't, but I, I wanted to bring this up quickly before we, you know, we get into the, our ran, our random thoughts because I, I don't, I feel like this is mo- much more than a random thought. This is this this is a funny headline in NBA news. So yesterday was the season opener, and the the closing game of the season opener was the Lakers against the Clippers. Phenomenal game. You know, some sloppy basketball, but yeah. it's a phenomenal game, especially when the Lakers win. Obviously, you know, like, you know, Laker fan over here, that's right. The real LA team, not the Clippers. Whatever. But even though it was a close game, uh, the despite, um, despite, you know, the Lakers, you know, having basically most of the, most of their starting players there, the Clippers, yeah, actually had their best bench player quarantined because last week he so last week um, the main the main bench player for the Clippers Lou Williams he had to sit out because last week he went to attend a funeral to a very close uh, friend family friend of his and but 
it was reported that he did not immediately return to the bubble after the funeral. And it turns out that he actually made a quick stop to a gentleman's club. <laughs> and yeah, he went, he made a quick yeah, exactly. He made a quick stop to a gentleman's club on on a, on a Saturday. Or it was a it was a Friday or a Saturday. <laughs> Sometimes towards the end of the week. It was not a Monday or a Tuesday. Sometimes towards the end, towards the end of the week. Towards the end of say, the week. Like, I don't think a, a gentleman's club would be like, you know, like busy during the week. <laughs> like, but I mean, in quarantine, we don't know what's going on these days, but we know enough that uh, Lou Williams went to a gentleman's club and, you know, he said he went for the wings and, and he, he said he went for the food because you know, apparently in, apparently in Atlanta, you know, the gentleman's club got some good food. Yeah, they have good grub. Okay, I I guess. I, I said multiple guess so. sources. Multiple sources have said that. <laughs> that's one. That's actually a really funny, like. I, but so he so when that was reported, um, yeah, the NBA forced him to quarantine because um, if you weren't gonna tell people that and you got caught doing that, um, you know, you're, you're like, putting your yeah. teammates at risk. They're you're putting like- people at risk of COVID. And, you know, not just yourself. It's others. It's not just about you at this point. Like, if you imagine you're, you're on the court playing with COVID, you're touching the ball and you get you pass the ball. And the other people are going to touch the ball. Like, so, yes, you're going to you're you're at a high risk of spreading COVID. So, yes, quarantine yourself. And then it became a little it just became a big thing. And it, I thought it was hilarious because. He was then Lou Williams trying to defend his action, like really, like my entire career, this is the most controversial thing that you can say about me, and your people are bashing me. He's like, we're not bashing you because you decided to go to a gentleman's club. We're bashing you because in this time, in the time of this pandemic, you decide, you know, you wanted to have a little bit of fun, and not rather than think about the consequences the potential negative consequences that could have been caused, you know, that could have caused harm to other people because you decided to have a little bit of fun before you had to go back to the bubble. Like that, that's just not responsible. That's really stupidity right there. I was just like laughing because of the stupidity. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like you, you had, like he had every intention of like harming his teammates, but I think, he forgot that, dude, you can, not everyone is going to take the quarantine or the social distancing. No, not everyone's taking COVID seriously. And you're in Georgia where they took away the mandates for masks and social distancing, where they're going to, one of the states is going to force the kids to go back to school probably. Most likely. So, and with a governor who still doesn't think that this this that COVID is that that serious? So, yeah, you're 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 putting yourself in unnecessary in an unnecessary risky situation, which then will put other people in the bubble in an unnecessary risky situation. So yeah, Lou Williams, come on, man, and your team your team is fighting for a championship. Well, I mean, you I mean they sh- they should just give up because you know Lakers gonna take it all anyways, but. Yeah, you're trying to you're playing for a championship. Come on, man. Do better. Exactly. Do better. But like like I said, that was right before we get to our final thoughts of the day or of the week, really. So we reached that point of the show. 
Jackie, do you, would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. All right. I'll go first. Well, we'll save, save you for the main event. All right. So my final thought of the week is something that I just found so hilarious, which goes back to last week. So last week, like we said, baseball, um, the baseball season started and opening day was the Nationals against the Yankees. And I don't know, do you remember who threw out that, that ceremonial first pitch? Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yeah, Dr. Anthony <laughs> Fauci. Fauci. Yeah. So, yes, Dr. Fauci, you know, the hero, of, somewhat hero of 2020. He, you know, he was invited to throw out the ceremonial first pitch for the Nationals. And, you know, I'm glad <laughs> that his first pitch was very awful. I'm glad. You know why? Because it shows me... And his and almost for most of his life, he was de- he's been dedicating his life to the to his work to, to the medicine, yes, to, to the, the science. science. He was not out there having fun, you know, having having some having some cold ones with the boys. He's not out there, you know, partying like you know, like like he's part of a fraternity. Or he's like what you see in the movies, or he's not out there just you know having a good time. No, no, no. Because if he, in if, we trust. In, yeah, and also I saw I saw some jokes that like he's not. Why would he break his character of? If we're gonna. He's he's trying to make sure he doesn't. We don't spread anything. We, that no one catches anything. So why would <laughs> if he's not if he's gonna send the message that not to catch the virus, he's gonna make sure the catcher doesn't catch the ball. <laughs> that was actually really funny. I heard about that. And I was just like. He's setting by example. Exactly. And then, you know, some people were saying that I do not trust the guy who throws a baseball like that. Well, guess what? I do because it showed me he was not spending a lot of time playing sports. He was spending time dedicating, dedicating his time to making sure our lives are safer. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Thank you for being bad at sports. Now, now I know you're a man who dedicates his time to science. Good. But it turns out after throwing out that hilariously bad first pitch, it's okay. 50 Cent still has the worst first pitch. It's okay, it's okay Dr. Fauci. But what it turns out is that now there's a baseball card of him. Oh. They made a Dr. Fauci baseball card. <laughs> the, the main, um, organ, the main uh, company that makes baseball cards. Yeah, they decided to make a Dr. Fauci baseball card. And it turns out that is a big seller. I would buy. I would, I would consider. I would consider buying it. Honestly, like, if all of a sudden it became a really popular baseball card, and to the point where, like, you know, it, 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 even as funny as it is, and as much of a joke as it is, that how much how how bad of the pitch it was, like, it's still like, but we appreciate Dr. Fauci, and so it's kind of it was kind of funny to see that he has a baseball card. How many people like like love him even more because like now i guess it humanizes him a little more that oh i think he's as good as he is with you know viruses and try how to stop him he sucks at something see he's he's not a super genius he knows how to do everything right like, he kind of sucks at baseball he sucks <laughs> that's okay that's okay not a, not everybody has to be great at everything no there's no shame in that it just proves that he has he has strengths and weaknesses like we all do and it shows, you know, he, and the great he can he can laugh at himself, which is amazing. So, but it was, you know, awesome that how much you know that we who take COVID seriously, 
mm-hmm. how much we appreciate him and his honesty. So it was great that the Nationals got to invite him out for a first pitch. Somebody, though, somebody got really jealous. He became a little jelly bean. A little, he was a little jelly belly. Decided that, oh, if Dr. Fauci gets to throw out a first pitch, you know, I, I, I thought I get, deserve to throw out a first pitch. That's somebody, you know, it's the president of the United States. The president, you know, who also, in a different rant, who said he's, says that he likes Dr. Fauci and that he doesn't understand, you know, said he it's, that Dr. Fauci's approval rating is great, but then he complains, how come my approval rating isn't great? Dr. Fauci's is so great, how come, how come Trump's isn't so great? Um, that's not really the, that's not the issue you should be worried about. That should, that's not something you should be worried about at all, about approval ratings, about talking about COVID. How about approval ratings because you're handling COVID so well? That's a different, but you shouldn't even be worried about approval ratings at all. But anyways, he got, apparently, after Dr. Fauci threw out the ceremonial first pitch for the Nationals to start off the baseball season, President Trump announced that he was going to be throwing out the first pitch for the Yankees in August. And so the, oh, you know, a lot of baseball fans, I mean, just fans in general, like, oh, um, okay. That's also kind of random. August? Like, that That feels like kind of, that just, you know, it's, well, I don't know why you can do it, why it wouldn't happen for Yan- the Yankees home opener, mm-hmm. but whatever, and it's kind of weird, like, oh, all right, well, you, 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 sir, have a lot more important issues to worry about than throwing out a first pitch. So I don't think right now a first pitch is what you should be announcing to the media about when they want um, answers about COVID and federal troops and all these things. But okay, but hey, everybody was surprised. Every, everybody got the news that hey, okay, President Trump's throwing out the first pitch to the Yankee game. And when I mean everybody, I even mean the New York Yankees. <laughs> even the Yankees. Oh, all right. I didn't even. I didn't even know we offered him to throw the first pitch of the. Of a for for a ceremonial first pitch for a game, okay, all right, um, that's news to us too. Yeah, President Trump felt like he had he had to lie about throwing out a first pitch. That way he can one up Dr. Fauci. Well, he one up Dr. Fauci with a lie. He is one upping him with lies, that's for sure. But like, man, it's a first pitch to a baseball game. Do we really need to one up? Another guy for throwing out the first pitch to a baseball game. You can't even warm up Dr. Fauci for the first pitch. He did the first pitch to start this baseball season. You can't warm up Dr. Fauci with the first pitch. The only way you can do that really is by throwing it straight down the middle. But, like, dude, why? Mr. President, why? And the fact, Just... the fact that, like, I heard, like, the follow-up of it was that he like since the Yankees did not know any of this that they he the funny thing was that the that Trump was like oh I I turned it down like the fact that he turned down an offer that that wasn't even that didn't even exist that never was presented like the fact that he had a, he literally told his aides to like try to get that thing to get that to get that event to happen but never, nothing 
it didn't happen. The Yankees were like, no, like we're not gonna offer you that. And the and then he made it like literally a press conference was like, see, I turned it down. Like so, I can't do it because I'm busy. Like I'm turning it down. I'm busy, you know. Oh, all of a sudden he's busy. All of a sudden he's busy. But he, like last weekend he's playing golf with Brett Favre. Yeah, it was just it was just like insane to me to be like he, for me to see that he was just like. He's like he's like I yeah I turned it down because like you know I'm busy but and then it's like you turning down something that was never offered to you. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I don't know I, I don't know if you've ever seen The Godfather but you know that famous line I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Well in this case in this case it was I'm not gonna make him an offer but somehow he still refused. Exactly like I was like, like wow. Okay, like I thought, I thought the when the Warriors won a before the Warriors won a championship, I thought it was, I thought it was just laughable when they said they're not going to the White House, and then the president says, "Oh, they're 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 disinvited from the White House." Like, well, they said they're not going, so it's like that. You can't you can't fire me because I quit. I'm like, so okay, what like whatever, and now it's oh well, I'm gonna go pitch for throw the first pitch to the Yankees. Well, okay. Oh, no, it turns out the Yankees never made that offer? Oh, well, I mean, I said no. Right. Okay. All right. Oh, now I have a headache. I need to go take an Advil. Especially, you know, especially like, like he calls himself a businessman and the fact that that's like a no, he doesn't, the fact that he's a business, so-called businessman and like so-called there was a negotiation and like there was nothing to begin. I'm just like, really? That's. You- yes. He's a businessman who lost his hotel. That he, the hotel that he that he bought in the hotel in Home Alone too. Yeah, well, actually, his hotel. Yeah, he lost that hotel, and he's a real estate genius. Currently, uh, he yeah, lost like, his casinos. Yeah, he lost his casinos. He has failed at he's failed in, in the steak business. He failed in the alcohol business. He failed in the fighting business, and he's failed in football. It's a checklist of like everything. A, hey man, oh, there's, a lot, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of checklists of things that you had to give up, and and you've also like more. It's one thing, I mean, that, yes, bankruptcy happens in America, you know, not every business succeeds, but man, for being a business genius, it's a lot of, a lot of business fails, but yeah. no, what, what, why we got to fail at, at like, oh, the, Yan- the Yankees want me to pitch for their first, for pitching to throw the first pitch for a game, and then no, man, like, this is like, this, this is up there for one of those, the, the dumbest and the funniest lies, that says a lot. That says a lot. That's up there for one of the funniest lies. Yeah. <laughs> but what? Whatever. Go go go. Keep being a little jelly bean to Dr. Fauci. Whatever. But that's yeah. my. Yeah, that's my final thought. That that to that to me was just. It made my week a little bit. Yeah, like it's funny to laugh at those, like those type of things. You know, it's like. It's like this, like this laughing of like stupidity and like shock, shockness too. You know, yeah. you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is one of those lies where it's fun. It's funny to laugh at instead yeah, of one of those yeah. li- instead of one of those lies that are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my final thought. Jack, Jackie, the floor is yours. Alrighty, thank you. Um, so I want to talk about something that I saw like like a couple days ago. So the Hispanic Caucus tweeted 
Um, it's basically so as I, as many of you have seen in media, uh, it's been um the Emmy nominations. So like during this past week, you I'm pretty sure all of you have seen like the nominations for the Emmys. And so this tweet kind of um came up because of the Emmys um coming coming up and like you know the nominations. So I saw this tweet from the Hispanic Caucus that was saying basically saying that. Latino representation is not shown in entertainment, and that has been for years the lack of like the lack of representation in like in Hollywood and et cetera. So in in entertainment, television, et cetera. So I read this tweet, and then like there were many actors that were um, saw this tweet and were following up with like you know like me like memes and like pictures of actors of black actors um, holding an Emmy. And um, to me, it was kind of like, it was like interesting to see. And also like, um, when I looked at this tweet, I was like, okay, like, partially, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, Latino representation is not as is, is, is still, you know, it's still battling obstacles to have representation in Hollywood and film and TV, etc. But this tweet kind of like, is, it's really lacking the knowledge of Afro Latino actors. Like, theoretically, yes, like, this tweet is pretty much true, but what the caucus and, like, really in general, the Latino community is forgetting is that you do have representation of, of Latino actors, but you're not recognizing them because many of them are Afro-Latinos or indigenous Latinx actors. Like, you know, again, it's really caught my attention a lot because the fact that the Latinx community in general, like, not just the Latino community, but on whole like everyone in general in Hollywood has been seen has seen the portrayal of Latinos to look a certain way like this the depiction is a certain way so we have actors like Sofia Vergara uh, America Ferreira um uh we have Mario Lopez like a dominant like figure as well and um other actors in general is the ones on top of my head but like the fact that um we have they've dominated Hollywood and made a significant, you know, step to Latino representation. But the fact that they've have gotten so much recognition is 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 good, but also alarming because when you look at those type of actors, they're light skinned, meaning that they're fair, they're most some of them are white, so like, you know, they so they get a nice tan, you know, like from being in the sun and so and so on and so forth. And it's like they depict what a Latino is like that's what the media is trying to portray, but that's really problematic because then what what happens to the indigenous actors, Latinx actors, and Afro Latinos? Like we have, so we have a lot of we have a lot of actors. Like I'm trying to picture one in my head. Um, for example, Zoe, what's her name? Zoe Sal Sal Saldana. 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 Yeah. So, like for example, her. Um, she is an Afro-Latina actor, but she hasn't gotten recognition for her work because when people see her, they identify her as Black. And the Latinx community is like, no, she's Black, for the most part, and not recognizing her ethnicity of Latina. And so that's been, like, a huge thing that's, like, got my attention, especially, like, seeing, like, as the years go on, like, it's been the fact that this tweet went out from the caucus was kind of, it's, like, theoretically true, but do you do recognize that many actors who are from indigenous and Afro Latino black backgrounds have been winning 
nominations have won awards, but you're not recognizing them. You're more, you're more excluding them from, from the Latinx um, recognition. And that's been like a huge thing that's really gotten my attention. And it's definitely something like it's, it's problematic in the Latinx community. And it's definitely alarming to see that people don't recognize the point that Latinos are not, are not a race. It's an ethnicity, meaning that it's a huge spectrum of how a Latino looks like. Like we, like I said, it's we. The media has gotten so used to seeing like the white, um, or the, or the fairly tanned, the fairly Latinx. tanned Latinx actors, and like it's okay. Like yes, they represent like the ethnicity of like oh, we're getting Latinos in Hollywood, like rec- on screen, but. You're not recon- you're not recognizing having showing recognition to actors who are already who are who are mixed and have different backgrounds. So like it's that's definitely that caught my attention, and it's like something that people need to really recognize. Like it's there's like the fact that, for example, Roma, for example, a huge Netflix film, a huge inspiring, like literally. Um, I'm trying to like like what's the actress's name. Um, I remember Galitza. Galitza. Uh, Aparicio was it? Is that yeah. her last name? So yeah. So the fact that okay, this this movie I saw it. It was inspirational. Like it was the best. The beautiful the fact, movie. Beautiful movie. I encourage people to watch it. Um, it the fact that she she got recognition, but it wasn't as strong. Like it was strong. It was trending. It was strong for a while when it ran and it came out and like during that time. But it's actresses like her don't get that recognition that beyond trending. Like we still look at films. I like, for example, like I said, like Sofia Vergara. We still look at her films and we still like give her that recognition for her work. But then for Yalitza, it's like it's only like a trend and then it fades away and we never really recognize it. So like that's like a thing that like it really made me think. And then like. That seeing that to me, especially with the Emmys, Emmys coming up and like the nominations, like what the Latinx community needs to really recognize is that there are actors who are portraying, who are Latinos, who are, who are, who are giving that representation in Hollywood, but you're in films in general, but you're not, you're not getting them the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's very, that's fair. That's a fair criticism. Like that's, I feel like that's also in the, the the Hispanic caucus. I I don't know who how many how many uh, members make up the Hispanic caucus. I don't know how diverse even the Hispanic caucus is. Yeah, actually. the Hispanic caucus is. Um, I forget how many members are exactly in it. Uh, I would say it's 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 a huge group, and um, as some as as myself, I've been like looking at the Hispanic caucus because I've been applying like internships to work with some. Latino representatives, but the fact that the caucus has said that, like, it's it's problematic because they represent so-called the Latino voice in Congress, and like in general, the leaders in the Hispanic in the Hispanic caucus are predominant leaders. They they show they show um strong leadership and they care about Latinx issues, but the representation within themselves, there's um there's no. Represent, there's no fair representation in the Hispanic caucus. Um, it's mostly built up of representatives that are like we see in like television. Like there's no, there's, there's, there isn't really 
a presence of Afro-Latinos. Uh, really, there's some indigenous, but not really to say like, oh, it's predominant. And so that really needs to change as well. Like it's the fact that they stated the statement, like it's, it shows, it like it gives people, it gives the Latinx community permission to like not really recognize that Latinos are a spectrum of, they're not, they're not, we're not all the same. Like there's no, def- there's no, depiction really of what a latino should look like right. and i feel like that's also, that's also just another symptom of of colorism yes definitely it's a huge symptom of colorism which, like it's been which yeah. and then that, not just in the what could be happening in the hispanic caucus but also just a symptom of colorism that passed down like through di- through different through multiple generations and mm-hmm. different where and like hollywood and just like the film industry, the prejudice is like this person looks appealing to multiple audiences. Mm-hmm. Like yes, like there are a lot of people, Latinx people that you know brown skin look tan, but yes, like you said, you know there are Afro Latinos, Afro Latinx people. There are indigenous Latinx people that with darker skin, and you know there are there are white Latinx people. Like so, a, a Latinx person did not look a certain way. Now it doesn't have just like one, one universal face. There's a lot of faces. They are like one like that saying like, "Oh, you don't look like you don't look Mexican. You don't look this." Like, well, what exactly are you supposed to look like? A lot, the, like the faces, the faces change a lot. They're depending what area Latin America you're in. The face, the face will look very different. The skin tone will look very different, and I, I know which tweet you're talking about because it's like they quoted, they they put in quotes like there's no, um, there's no representation of la, 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 uh, Latino people in Hollywood, and then they tried, you know, they tried answering like that criticism, mm-hmm. like that's like the fact that you don't like you don't like that you don't notice la, the Latino presence, you know. Is harmful, but also and the at the fact same time. They put like, it in quotes, like it's like, it's it's like it was confusing to me, like what they're what they're trying, like it's like theoretically, like yeah, it's it's shown that they, like that is the representation is it's like it's not that it's there's no representation, it's that the lack of representation is there. Like I don't know if like that's like I was like criticizing this like and really analyzing this like tweet because I was like, what are you trying to like say like. Right. No, I think it goes like how much of it is lack of representation, but also have uh, how much of it is that, and how much of it is it that it's a lack of recognition mm-hmm. of someone who with a Latinx identity. Like, like you said, like I remember seeing like almost like a counter to that mm-hmm. with a lot of with some people posting like, "Well, look at all these Latinx actors mm-hmm. that have been nominated for Emmys, that have been won Emmys, that have been in big lead time roles. movies, yeah, lead, yeah, lead, lead roles." roles. And that you like that I didn't even know half of those actors were were Latinx, and like that of course that is uh, probably some of some of our prejudices again unintentionally, of course too, also, but not even knowing that some of those actors were part of the Latinx community but then like that's something that I noticed that the prejudices in a Latinx the Latinx community were if you just seeing from a distance. If if they have you know, if their background is if their if their background is black as well, if they like they get ten they tend to get labeled a lot quicker than that they're black. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's and it's and it feeds into the problem of like today with the Black Lives Matter movement that Latinos are, especially that are non-black, like non-Afro Latino and in general, like tend tend to not realize that if you want if you don't support the Black Lives Matter movement, you are literally being prejudiced and being being racist to literally people our people, because like I said, L- Latino is an ethnicity like race is not a race race is indigenous white black and it's not like i said it's not clear cut of what a latino is and the fact that many latinos are like no they don't like especially when it comes within white latinos like they're just like no i'm not white but i'm like your race is white you are white that's what it is that is your race your ethnicity is latino and the fact that you're not, we're not saying, like, you have white privilege. And it's not saying that you haven't suffered, you haven't, it doesn't say you, you, ha- you haven't suffered and experienced, you know, challenges in your life. But you are able to be able to have certain privileges that, like, indigenous and black Latinos just have been, just don't have. Meaning that, you know, like, that's been, like, a huge issue. And it's not like it's really recognizing like that you we've had it you your road to where you are today has been you've been able to really navigate yourself um, in that road not not having as many obstacles compared to indigenous and black Afro Latinos you know and it's something that people need to recognize and um, as it's definitely like it needs to be recognized especially within like media entertainment because like that's the thing that we all look to you know so it's something that um needs to be needs to be addressed like it's like it it's it's been a huge problem and that's that's what been like bringing up my mind and like yeah like seeing that seeing that like the responses to that tweet and seeing like the list of many actors afro-latino actors like it's it's really embarrassing the fact that they tweeted that and like seeing the responses after that like it was like oof like wow yeah. yeah like not not only does you know like do people like but look, 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 people like in hollywood need to acknowledge that that these are that the to have better and more of a Lat- latinx presence in media also just also in our community that remember that we need to recognize yeah give that recognition like that's like you got to recognize like literally it's it's been it's like really recognition that's like the issue like it's 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 like an ongoing issue like it's like you don't recognize that yeah. that yeah. these actors are in are latino like yeah, you like, can't like yes the the representation is the is an issue on it is, as well but now we also have to face the issue that please but like our community it's also we it's it's time you just like open your eyes and or well like embr- and recognize and embrace that these Afro Latinx people as well because yes I mean they all they're all they're Afro Latinx yes they have a black background but that doesn't mean that they're not part of the Latinx community yeah and then it goes to the indigenous community as well like in like indigenous yes, and, indigenous Latinx. It, like are are huge are a huge thing too like it's it's something that they don't get recognition as well like it's like it like it's, it's a continuation that they need to be recognized too like it's 
they're they're Latino. Like just because their background is different is like different, and they show and their depiction is different, but they literally share. They literally are are part. Their identity is Latino. Yeah, like like they're part of the community. Community as well, and like you, yes, you said it perfectly. All like and then, what I'm so, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say. Sorry, it's so, okay. <laughs> we get passionate like, about things. We're just like, yeah, okay. yes, I get a little, a little flustered with these words over here. So, but yes, they are, they are part of the Latinx community. There is no reason why us as members of the community need to treat them as others. Yeah, they we should not be excluding them. They're yeah. they're they are. They, it's not that like, we should include them. They already are included. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then now, why should we? Why are we treating the indigenous Latinx and the Afro Latinx like they're others? Like, oh well, well they're like well they're you know we're labeling them even within the Latinx community now. Like they're they're member they're Latinx. Like there's no need to just create these different labels just so that we can make them different. Like, yeah. well, like, they, like, we're not, like we're all different, mm-hmm. but there's no need to like make labels for them to basically kind of like find like some type of like class or like some, I was like, they have like some type of division now within like a hierarchy of, of Latinx. No, like they're members of the Latinx community, recognize them and embrace them. Exactly. Like it's not, don't don't keep dividing them into different like committees of like yeah. oh this is the committee of Afro Latinos like Ex- no like or- they have like the fact that Afro Latinos do have like a they like many have expressed that they do they have a du- they're a double minority like they're a, the fact yeah. they're a double ni- minority because they're black and Latinos so the fact yeah. that like they've been so excluded from the Latinx community in general, like they've been discriminated. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Like the Latinx community always tends to be, tends to be, tends to brand themselves as like, Oh, we're, we're, we're all one. But like the reality is, but when it, the reality is not, because when it comes to Afro Latinos, it's like, Oh, they're a double minority. So like, there's something else. That's not how it works. Right, and like like you said, like double minorities because one under Latinx, and then and then on top of that, you're you like really black or indigenous. Well, I remember you brought up uh, Roma and Yalitza Aparicio. I remember when the campaign was for her, her being nominated for an Oscar for best lead lead actress, and I was so happy. At mm-hmm. at, at the movie was really sad and really good, and she was really good. And then to see Mel good amount of media in in Latinx media not even like giving her that much credit or like trying to downplay like her and trying to make jokes of her how she looks like oh I don't see why she got nominated for an Oscar like like for being the maid I mean she kind of looks like my maid already like I don't see how that's great acting I was like like so we wanted unity because of mm-hmm. because of racism and bigotry from the president of the United States, like we want, we wanted to be u- united because of because of hateful words towards the Latinx community. But now we're spewing hateful words to our own community, to ourselves. That was, like like that's that's wrong. Like, you, like y'all need to do better. Yeah, it's just it's just the fact that Latinos, Latinx in general, 
they they like like our community for the most part like I'm not saying all of us but you know like there's people in the community that just think that they can't be racist like cuz they're a minority but like okay but you're a minority but you you want to look at your family history like what is in your family history you know right, like, and, uh, like it sorry, doesn't yeah, it it just been it just been ridiculous to me seeing that from like the Latino medica in general is just it just thinks that they can't be racist. But like what they tend to not recognize is that each region in Latino America has dif- has indigenous culture, has European culture in its history, and has a presence of Black culture too. Like in Central America, people don't realize that. There's indigenous roots literally in history. It's stated there. And and Latino America, especially like Argentina, like there's literally history had said itself of European roots. Like and then even in like Mexico, for example, like there's 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 Afro there's there's African American roots in literally every single part of the region. So the fact that you are refusing to to not acknowledge the history of it. Like it's you're literally in being discriminate being discriminative to literally uh, like to other Latinos. It just it's just literally you're literally discriminating yourself in, in a way. Yeah, and just because just because you know as as members of the Latinx community we're we're a minority as well. That doesn't mean we can't be prejudiced. Yeah, it's just it is something that has been like on my mind. Like it's especially like it like growing up too. Like it's. Like, seeing, like, telenovelas with my mom, like, it's, like, for me, like, it was, like, see, growing up, like, seeing that, the, the telenovelas, like, it was, it's, it was hard for me to, like, to, like, watch, because I'd be, like, where, where is the representation of, like, Latinos in general? Because as myself, I'm tan, I'm brown, I'm tan skin, I have indigenous roots from my family in Central America, that's why I'm not, like, you know, as light as compared to other people that I know, so it's, like, and seeing that on the media was just like growing up for me was like hard because I would be like, where is why is everyone white on this telenovelas? Like, it's I've no I've been seeing my family. It's like I I I where's the brown representation? And it's like if if there's like brown representation, it's portrayed in like in like as being the maid, as being like the help. So like it's been like something that like growing up I seen telenovelas. It's like the fact that like I've been seeing that for the past like 21 years like that's alarming and it's still continuing to see like it's something that's definitely been stirring up my mind a lot how do you feel to get that off your chest oh it feels great like I feel like especially like seeing that tweet and like seeing like the Emmys like nominations of like people that like I really like like admire like it's like wow like it's like they're doing, they're literally, they're literally doing the representation, and just that people need to recognize that. Like it's, it definitely has um been progressive to see that um there's Afro Latinos and Indigenous act, Indigenous Latinos as well, like really showing the the presence in Hollywood. But hopefully, like people just need to recognize that. Well, Jaggy, thank you for sharing those final thoughts. Yeah, that was, that was a good episode today, right? Yeah, it was good. All right. All right. That was great. And we did two this week. 
Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. And that was our that was our last episode of July. Yeah, we're about to go into August, so we're gonna. So, like, literally, thank you guys, like, for listening, like, all to our listeners, like, it's, it's been like, like, I realize it's like our twelfth, like, or thirteenth episode, like, it's like, the fact that we've been doing this for like almost like two months now, like, yeah, two months, right? It seems like about that, right? Yeah, because yeah, two, two, two plus months. I don't know. Two right? plus months. Ever since like the pandemic kind of started, basically. Like, <laughs> you know, really, when when school was over, uh, uh, school was over. Yeah, really. School's over and summer started. Yeah, so like it's it's been good. Like we've been, um, you know, trying to really keep people informed. And yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're that we're like the fact that it's like July and we're about to enter to August. Like crazy to me. Like I've lost track of time. <laughs> yeah, everyone has in this pandemic. But yeah, this is a fun episode. Yeah. All right. Well, well, again, thank you to our listeners for sticking with us for so long. We'll be back next week for another episode of Café con Leche Time. Yeah. Gracias, mi gente. Gracias a todos, and we say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>